Welcome to the show, fellas. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for inviting uh, Caleb and I on, and it's a pleasure to meet you. You as well. This is Caleb Williams' night, you know. So, <laughs> so uh, let me uh, let me zip it and close it there, and 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 uh, and and let you guys take us where you need to take us. Welcome to the podcast. You know the family, Chris Miles and Monica McNutt. We have two very special guests stepping to the mic today, a pair of Eagles that is. Joining us is Randy Trivers and his star quarterback, Caleb Williams. Uh, Welcome to the show, fellas. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Caleb is the number one QB recruit in the country and will be making his decision on July 4th. The schools coming down to the wire, Oklahoma, LSU, and Maryland, And the first two schools that I mentioned jumped off the page to me in the sense that the last three Heisman Trophy winners at the quarterback position attended those two schools. So, Caleb, first question for you, right out of the gate, how much did that factor into your decision and having those as two of your final three schools? Um, That definitely factored. Um, I mean, being able to have uh, those type of caliber guys, I mean – Baker Mayfield, he came in. He wasn't a, he wasn't a Heisman. He wasn't a Trevor Lawrence going into going into um, going to, going to Oklahoma. Um, Bay, or, uh, Kyler Murray was not a was not a a Heisman uh, candidate, and uh, 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 Joe Burrow was also not a Heisman can, candidate coming into college. So, um, you know, with 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 that, with saying that. The, those two places being able to to turn those guys around and and turn them into Heisman, um, that means a lot because um, I, I do truly believe that um, I have some 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 pretty awesome talents um, inside. I believe that. Um, so I with those with those two schools, I feel like it was it was the best choice for me to put those in there, um, especially with them having the the last three Heisman's bond. Coach, you've go ahead, Monica. Nope, you go. No, coach, you've been you've been uh, a leader of men for 24 years as a as a on a high school level and uh, at the college level as well. You've seen a ton of talent. So when we hear about Caleb and you know WCAC Player of the Year, 18 touchdowns on the ground, 18 through the air, big plays at the end of big games. Um, but when I think of the overall scope and trying to make a comparison. Uh, is there a quarterback that, that we've seen at the pro or college level that you would say he compares to and, uh, and what he brings to the table? I mean, I, I think uh, – I don't know if it's, uh, you know, fair uh, necessarily to compare, uh, you know, Caleb as a high school uh, student athlete to uh, someone that is uh, – uh, more advanced in years and experience in terms of the NFL or the or the or the college level, but I'll say this: it's hard to imagine a high school football player at this stage uh, as uh, as well equipped uh, with the, the the different tools that that Caleb has, and then those tools that he has today as a high school student athlete, um, if he can continue to. Uh, enhance and develop and sharpen those those tools and those skills it's uh you know I think his trajectory and uh his his uh potential is uh it's hard to put a limit on that you know so um when you think of uh you know talented guys uh 
in, in, in football at that position, guys that can throw it, guys that can run it, guys that can um, do it in big games, uh, guys that can, uh, can help their teams be, be great. You know, just, you know, think of different, different players that have maybe played in the Super Bowl, played in the national championship that have that type of skill set that can do those multiple things well on a big stage. I think, you know, Caleb, uh, you know, has, uh, has that type of skill today, that type of potential to, you know, man, he, he could possibly uh, be, be those, those type of guys. Uh, so um, it's fun to, to know where he is now and to be able to say, hey, right now, though, uh, it's, it's hard to say that there, there are a lot of high school football quarterbacks that we've seen in the past or present um, that, that can, can, can say, man, I've got that, um, that high level of skill in those different ways in different areas as far as all the different things you can ask a quarterback to do with his head, his feet, his arm, uh, and, and that type of thing. Lots of upside for sure, Kayla. We're all excited to see what you decide and what else you're going to keep doing with your career. But I need to know this. What is your love story with the game of football? When did you fall in love with football? Um, shoot. My dad, so my dad kind of threw me in football um, when I was younger. Actually, let's start, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Um, so my dad always tells a story of <clears throat> me coming home as a baby, like me coming home from the hospital. Um, that's not how they give you all the, the, the cuddly bears and all the balloons and stuff like that. Nah, my dad took all of that out the crib and put in a football. Um, and I slept with a football when I was a baby. But then when I got to the, to the age of, uh, the right age to be able to play football, um, my mom didn't want me to play flag football. So my dad put me, or my mom didn't want me to play or contact football yet. And my dad put me in flag football for a year. And I ended up being too aggressive for, like too aggressive towards the other kids um, on the other team for, for flag football. So I ended up, um, my, my dad ended up putting me in contact the next year. My mom finally allowed it, um, put me in contact the next year. And then I played linebacker for four years. I played linebacker and running back for the next four years. And then I played um, quarterback for these last, I think, six years now. Um, so my, my love of the, my love for the game, it kind of started off in the crib before I really knew anything else, uh, holding that football, um, when sleeping and things like that. And then my, my love really fell, or I really fell in love with it probably when, cause at first I was doing it for fun. The first couple of years of linebacker, I was doing it for fun. Cause I was just, it was, I just get to run around, hit people and, um, knock heads a little bit. Um, but I would probably say around the age of probably 10, 10 or 11 uh, was when I really started to like actually loving and like not really do it for fun. That's when I, that's when I actually started to work out and um, try and try and be the best that I could. Pretty good question, Monica. I mean, just, just off the bat, that was a great answer. Uh, Caleb, you know, when I think about you saying how you fell in love with football and passion in general, um, there's something that can't be ignored in society right now. We know that you attended a Black Lives Matter protest um, recently in Washington, D.C. What made you decide to actually attend? I know it, it's, it's one thing to have the feelings, the emotions, but was there a specific event 
or a specific part of all the things that happened in the past couple of weeks and months that made you decide that you needed to attend the protest? I mean, geez. Um, I'm, I mean, one, I'm a, I'm a black African-American quarterback at um, a predominantly white school. Um, and, you know, my position is not many, it's, it's not many in my position that are African-American, black African-Americans. Um, so I, I feel as if, you know, being in my position, having a platform that I have, um, being who I am, I think that I, I felt as if I should, I should definitely be out there um, at a protest where, you know, I, I posted it on um, like my social medias for people to come out and um, support um, if they felt like, if they felt as if they should uh, support just as, just as I did and a few other, my teammates and classmates and teachers and um, other, other, other kids and people from other schools and businesses. Um, so I just, I mean, I just felt as if it was, it was the right thing to do. Um, that's, that's really it. Um, these are hard times. And I think as this, as if we should, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a time as coach T says, tough times are times when you should, when you should unite. Um, this is definitely a tough time in the world. We should all unite and, 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 and solve this in a, in a better way than we are. You know, when you say that, it almost seems as if it was a decision that you made that there wasn't another thought process in it. Like you wanted to do it. There was no yeah. way that you weren't. And when I think of that, I think of a quarterback who is extremely talented and not to get too far ahead of your career, but Colin Kaepernick, who suffered a lot from uh, sticking up for this very same movement. But then I also think of Patrick Mahomes recently uh, stating, look, I am a, a black quarterback and, you know, the NFL needs to do something to, to rectify this situation. Did those two guys at all affect your train of thought? I mean, hearing Mahomes come out and say what he said or uh, knowing the history of Cap? I mean, I've seen I, – I mean, I saw the, the Drew Breeses. I've, saw, I've seen the, the, the Patrick Mahomes, the Colin Kaepernicks, um, and I felt as if – I mean, they didn't really, they didn't really play like that big of a role. I read them. I, 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 I had my own thoughts about them, about them. Um, but I felt as if this was my moment to be able to go out and, and, and kind of, you know, voice and show how I felt. Um, like, so they really, they didn't have that much of a, as, as much of a um, influence in, in what I was doing. Um, coach, you're obviously Caleb's coach, Coach at Gonzaga. Um, we're seeing an interesting time in this space, and I promise we're going to get back to football. But for you, as a head coach, as a leader, we're seeing college athletes, high school athletes take note of what their future coaches or current coaches are doing at the collegiate level. Um, but we also love to hear the stories of symmetry and how we can learn from the unifying power of sports to move us forward as a society. When you're talking to your team, how are you encouraging this, them in all of this and acknowledging all that's going on? Mm. Well, it's a great question. You talk about the, the unifying power, I think you said, of, of sports. And I think, um, you know, so my, uh, my, my stance or my place uh, as, a, as a football coach is interwoven with my space as an educator, you know, so uh, for um, I think at the top of the show, it was mentioned that, you know, 24 years or 25 years, I guess, of being uh, a part of 
scholastic uh, athletics, you know, so um, a few different stops in at the college level. Um, but uh, it's probably somewhere around, uh, you know, 18 or 19 of the years as a head football coach in, in three different spaces and places. So, uh, and in doing that, you know, also a, a classroom teacher, um, you know, and, and mostly an, an English teacher, you know, so, um, and then and at, at, at Gonzaga, I'm also able to teach, I teach seniors. Um, so Caleb might have my course this, this year coming up, who knows, uh, but I teach uh, two courses. I teach classic literature uh, and I teach African-American literature. And, um, uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to engage these young men um, within that context and that space of, you know, some of the issues that are being talked about relative to social justice and equality, uh, racial and ethnic equality, and looking at it from a historical perspective, perspective through, um, you know, some of the different pieces of literature that we encounter, and then bringing it back to us, you know, so bringing it to, to uh, you know, how, how can this, uh, this, this literature or this, these, these historical events, how do they impact us who we are in our own journey and where we're going? And, and that's not uh, completely unlike what I do with the, with my athletes in the football program as well. There's a, uh, as you said, you know, the, there's this unifying, this sort of unifying vehicle that we sometimes can have as, as uh, in sport. Um, so when I think of what I do, um, uh, as, as a, as a coach and a teacher, um, yeah, I'm very lucky, to, uh, and I think very blessed to, to be able to have a very, um, um, multi-faceted, uh, integrated audience, you know, so, uh, and, and, and so in most spaces and places aren't really like that. So when you think about it, when you go to your place of work or you go to your neighborhood or you go to your church or you go to the, the, the party or whatever it may be, you, you, you normally don't have a, a, a major variety of people interacting and crossing, you know, together. And, and, you know, and the great thing about what's happening now in our country is that in a, in a nutshell, you have conversation that's taking place that, maybe hasn't been taking place at all with certain people. Uh, sometimes that conversation is taking place now in a different manner and people are, are maybe, okay, I, I can see why I'm listening, you know? So now I can see uh, what it's like to walk in those shoes, perhaps of, of that person or of those people. My biggest hope is that it's sustainable. You know, so as you guys know, uh, oftentimes something like this um, comes up and it's hot, you know, it's like you, you have a hot fire, it's, it's burning uh, hot and it's blazing and it's bright. But uh, if you don't keep throwing the logs on that fire, that thing starts to fizzle out a little bit, right? And it's not as hot, it's not as bright. And so you, you hope that something like this, that's so important um, to, uh, and it's been, it's been there for a long, long time in this country from the, you know, very, very, you know, beginning, but uh, maybe uh, this is uh, in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's different in terms of uh, man. People are really listening. Uh, people are really 
uh, taking action um, as opposed to just maybe checking off a box. So as an educator and as a, uh, as a, as a mentor for young men and a, and a coach, so everything we do in our football program is geared towards not just making the guys better football players, but really, you know, what, what do we do in the course of the four quarters of a football game that is really uh, equates to metaphorically the, the, the football game of life, yeah. you know, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, so, so today our team meeting, the, the, the word of the day was toughness. And what is, what, what is toughness uh, relative to not just football, but life and thinking about how toughness is a big part of what uh, this conversation that we're talking about, what, what, what people are enduring, uh, people of color uh, are, are, uh, have endured and, uh, and have uh, uh, these obstacles that have been up that, uh, and roadblocks and so forth uh, that, that people have had to persevere through for many, many, many years. And, uh, and, 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 and we know that toughness uh, is, is um, paramount and, and necessary for us as we move forward. That, you know, that answer showed that you are indeed an educator, um, thoughtful, but I certainly agree on the toughness point. And we're certainly all in the same boat, hoping for a better society. There is no seamless television proper podcast way to transition from such topics, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going back to the football part of this conversation. And Caleb, Coach mentioned it. We're here talking with you mostly. Um, Coach, we love having you. Don't get me wrong. All right, 2018, WCAC. <clears throat> Championship <laughs> game. You end a 16-year drought for the Eagles uh, in dramatic fashion, might I add. I remember. I can't. I I was not in town during that game, but I remember seeing Twitter. Yeah, talking about the, how crazy it had gotten. Um, just take me down the stretch of that of that football game to the to this point in your Gonzaga career. Is is that the high point? Uh, yeah. I would I would definitely say that's probably the high point. I don't think. Not many, you know. You don't get too many uh, hail mary ending in a championship game for a game winner uh, in your lifetime. So I would, I would probably say that's the high point of my football career. Not even just Gonzaga. All right. So tell the truth. Tell the truth. On the tell the truth on the mindset in this final play. Tell the truth, Caleb. Don't I'll lie give, either. No, no, I'll give you. I'll give you the. I'll give you the before when I see that he's about to take this uh, kickoff return. Demath is about to take this kickoff return back. Um. So I'm 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 on the sideline. We just we just had an awesome two minute drive, and I was like, I was I was feeling good. I'm not gonna lie, I was feeling good. Um, I was like, I was I was thinking. I'm pretty sure either I was thinking Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady at the time, because they're always awesome at at two minutes. In my head, I wasn't saying out loud, but in my head, I was thinking about it. And um, so I see he's about to return it, and I'm like. I'm like, oh God. I was so high. I was so I was so like I was on such a high note. And I was like, oh God, he's about to return this. Okay. 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 He's all right. He's he returned it. Okay, great. Um, that's that's what I was saying. Um and you know, everybody was everybody I I I've watched the video I don't know how many times now, and it always gives me goosebumps. But I saw everybody throwing their helmets down, crying. Um, uh, whatever, whatever, ever emotion you can think of, 
um, anger, sadness, uh, just everything. Um, at that time, when he returned to kickoff, we had about 30, 37 seconds left or something like that. It, thir- it was somewhere around there. And um, we get on the field for our kickoff return team, and Dean Ingram picks it up. He, he looks like he's about to crease it and go take it, but he gets stopped. He gets stopped pretty deep. He gets a, a pretty good return for us. Um, and before we get into the side, before we get onto the field, the offense gets onto the field. I'm like, my only thing, my only thing was get me in range. <clears throat> that was my only, that's all I had. I wasn't crying. I didn't slam my helmet. I didn't, I didn't get angry. Um, Cause we still had about 15 seconds left. We got a pretty good return. And I was like, I was like, just get me in range. Just get me in range. Um, that was my only, that was really only my, my only thought, my only like words that I had. Um, so we get our play. Dean Ingram on the right side. Um, pretty sure he was at, mm, pretty sure he was at Z. Um, the outside receiver on the right side. And we need about 15 to 20 yards um, to get By me. By the way, there's 10 seconds at that point, my man. All yeah, right. it was about after Dean after the ball dribbled around, Dean picked it up. It was about it was about it was it was fifteen so seconds. We we take the field with ten. Really? Yeah, we take okay. the field. So so when you when we snap the ball, when you snap the ball and you say you needed that that uh, that chunk of yardage to get in range. Yeah. You're snapping the ball. There's there's ten right yep. there, babe. So there's, so there's ten seconds left on that chunk of yards that I needed for about 15 to, 15 to 20 yards. And Dean Ingram's on the right side, and the cornerback has dropped all the way back. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can, I can get this in there. So uh, I have my little cadence, get the ball, and I hang in the pocket. I don't care if I'm going to get hit or not. I hang in the pocket, and I, I, I throw a pretty nice ball to Dean Ingram on the right sideline uh, for about like 16, 15 yards, whatever it was. And I'm in range. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. So John Marshall, Jay Ball, Aaron Turner, Sam Sweeney, I think. That's the Hail Mary crew. Um, actually, Dean Ingram was still in, I think. Yeah, Dean Ingram was still in. Sam Sweeney was still on the sideline. Um, and those, that's the Hail Mary crew that goes and runs down. Um, so I, we, we have about, I don't know, we have about three, probably three seconds left or something like that. We snap it. Four. Four seconds. You snap it. And I, um, I, I slide. So this, I, I knew the DNs would try to come. The defense uh, ends would try to come upfield and then loop back around. So I get depth, and then I slide up, and then I slide back. And then the last time that I slide up, it's double zeros on the clock. I didn't see it. I just know there was because that's way more than three seconds in football time. And I already knew I was in range. I don't know why I had, a, like, a insane amount of confidence that we were going to catch this ball. I was, I was not – you know, it's crazy. My my running back was actually crying, and my my oh, my whole offensive line was crying. They thought we lost. You could hear it. You could hear it. They were crying while they were blocking. Um, and it, it's insane, but yeah. And snap it, get the ball, slide slide back, slide up, slide back. And this last time I'm about to slide up, they're 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 in, uh, probably about 15 yards away from the end zone. And I just, I just, I, I had so much belief, and I launched it up uh, straight to John Marshall, Hail Mary, right behind him. Um, I, it's more than 53 yards, but um, 
the, it, it's from from where I from where the ball was snapped to the to the front of the end zone was 53 yards, uh, but the ball was in the air soaring and it's just like it's just like something was guiding it. It was like a guided missile in the air. Like it had it had its target and went straight to John Marshall. And it was it was uh, it was game over. And that was actually I didn't cry. I didn't what's it called? But as soon as the ball hit John's hands, I saw, so we we also were wearing white gloves. As you can see, the other team was wearing either red, blue, or something like that. We were we were wearing white gloves, and uh, I saw white gloves go up above everybody, and I dropped down the ground. I didn't see I didn't see who caught it or nothing like that. I dropped down the ground and started started. That was the only time that I cried during that. So, uh, coach, were you as confident as this was unfolding? You know, I say this: um, confidence is uh, uh, certainly not the absence of a little bit of fear, right? Uh, uh, and um, you know, uh, courage, you know, not the absence of, of, of fear, you know, so it's, but, but perhaps overcoming it. Now I will say, uh, in inside, there were maybe some things going on, uh, that I know as a leader, um, if I show some of those things, they affect and impact everybody else on the outside. Yep. So, uh, like my man, Caleb's talking about, uh, you, you have this, Tremendous roller coaster of emotions. Um, you know, with 29 seconds left, we we take the lead for the first time in the football game, and uh, and you think, okay. But as a coach, you're always uh, sort of a little bit on edge about things until it's done. You know, you just you know. So, you know, and of course, you know, the math is a hell of a job of turning that thing right back and taking the lead on the the very next play, and then. Uh, uh, you know, so at that point, that's where I got to coach myself as best I possibly can as far as, okay, this is what my facial expressions must be. This is what my words must be. Um, you know, this is what, where my eyes need to be. And, uh, you know, some of it is uh, just sort of, um, it's like, uh, I would imagine in, in, in some small way, it's like, uh, uh, first responder coming uh, to the scene of something. Mm -hmm. And it may not look good, but uh, you, you've got to do your job and do it as best you can. And because if you don't do your job, who, who, who's going who's to do it, right? You know, so, um, you know, we, we know we had to get that kickoff return team out there. Then we got to get the offense out there. And then we, we have a plan of what we will do in this situation. Although, it's it's not a, a necessarily a high percentage uh, of plan, uh, but that's what we got. That's the way we got to attack it. You know, so my my outward uh, demeanor uh, was one of of um, you know, hey, you know, we have no choice but to do this and do it uh, as best we can until the clocks go zero zero zero. You know, so. Um, um, and it just so happens that uh, the, the man upstairs was looking out uh, for, the, for us that night. And, um, and we had a, a, a some good, good football players. One of them on this, in this, uh, in this uh, uh, event with us here tonight, Caleb Williams, they were able to, to, to do um, what many people would have maybe thought were impossible under those circumstances. Coach, um, is that the – oh, sorry. And, and, uh, and, and really – you know, and I'll say this too, uh, one of the, the things that's 
you know, uh, Coach Brooks and the, the, the Matha guys, very gracious uh, in, in, uh, in defeat in terms of, um, you know, just, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of times when, when things like that happen, there are a lot of emotions that obviously are, you know, run through people. But just a, a, a very, very uh, competitive football game uh, with great uh, uh, players and athletes and, and the coaches on both sides had, had worked so hard to, to compete and win. And, but just, um, you know, I, I will remember post-game, you know, that, that evening and, uh, you know, the, the days that follow, uh, just the, the, the respect that, uh, that on both sides, that the, 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 their players and coaches, because it's, it's always easy to shake hands when you win. You know, it's always easy to, um, to say, you know, hey, uh, good game to somebody and smile, hey, everything will be okay. Uh, when you win, you know, but um, when you're on the, 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 the bad end of it, which, you know, when you have a, a long career as an athlete or as a, as a coach, you're going to have some good and some bad when it comes to some big games. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, 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 it, it was definitely something that I, I will remember the, the respect, uh, the mutual respect for the level of competition uh, that uh, that both opponents had that evening, and uh, and and how that game endures uh, and will for a long, long time. People will talk about it. I'm sure uh, people that were there, people that were a part of it. Um, but um, uh, you know, so hats off to 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 really uh, Coach Brooks, who was the head coach at the time, and and their 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 players uh, for the way that they competed that night and the way that they um, you know handled themselves uh uh in far as the interaction that we had after after the contest certainly a, a great game and a great ending caleb for you um it's like that signature moment in high school where you're like yeah people know exactly you know what i can do and, and what i can who i can be on the field but sometimes that notoriety comes at a cost i saw that they copied your twitter account in like had a mistaken identity looking a, to announce where yeah. you were going to school. Can you yeah. break that down for us? Like how that happens and like, how do you defend yourself against that kind of attack? Um, no, nah, I'm not gonna lie. That's not the only time it's really happened to me. I've had a, I've actually had it a few times. Um, but I, I, I don't know, some, some guy or, or, or lady, um, just makes an account tries to make it as similar as mine and, and post things, uh, false things. And uh, normally people DM me if I don't know, uh, but if I know me, no, I just kind of put something out there and say block this, this, this account, it's fake news or something like that. And they, everybody kind of just goes to edit and tax it. <laughs> You'll post that like to your story and then everybody else. Yeah, I'll post to my story or my Twitter or, or, or things like that. And they'll kind of right. go with the account. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Chris has all the, the serious questions. I'm here for the fun stuff. Yeah. Can I go, Chris, or do you have more? You know what? I have more, but let's get to the Monica part of the show where you do fun, because I want to laugh a little bit. Let's all go, right. Monica. <laughs> so uh, well, let me make sure I have the right account. Caleb Superman Williams, 24,000 followers. Superman Williams, that's my name. <laughs> let me follow him now. That's crazy, right. Superman. I, just, I had to see you up. I didn't have a chance to go check out your TikTok, but uh, this year so far, your favorite TikTok challenge or like video trendy thing? What has it been? 
Jeez, Caitlin, you're supposed to be able to rattle that off. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't like. I'm on TikTok, but like, I'm not like, I'm not like fully invested like others. So, ASAP K is not worth my follow on TikTok. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All but, right. At least you're honest. Okay, cool. So then, what is your favorite? These are rapid fire, by the way. So first thing that comes to your uh-huh. mind, your favorite form of social media. Uh, Instagram. Pre-game meal. Uh, well, we get a pre-game meal. Um, and it's normally it's normally uh, chicken parm. So and I'm a I'm, my favorite food is chicken parm. So that's fine with me. Fantastic. All right, Gatorade, Powerade, or body, what's, body what's, armor. vitamin water? Is that body saying? armor. Body, oh, body armor. armor. See, I was getting ready to rattle off for. All right, body armor. Um, favorite pair of Jordans. I got a lot of shoes. This is a, this is a lot of pressure. Chris is. The I, got, I got a lot of shoes. Um, what number? Uh, oh, oh, what number? Oh, one, one. That's one. my favorite. Yeah, right, one. Colorway, classic colorway, or are you a Travis Scott ones kind of guy? Uh, I do both. Pick one. It's rapid fire. It's one, Caleb. It's okay, one. okay, okay, okay. Um, cl- let's go classic, because I, I got a bunch of classics. All right, classics. Cool, we like that. Okay, you said this earlier, so now you got to pick one. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Mm, okay, I see you going with the rings, going with the rings. Okay. If you had to go to a deserted island, it's just yep. you. Yep. You can take one movie. I'll give you one whole artist, not just one album. Okay. And you already told me your favorite food is chicken parm, though. But you get yep. one movie, one album or artist, and one just kind of thing, like your thing that you can't live without. Um, I go, I go 300 Sparta, Spartan. Um, That's a movie? I don't That's know. Movie. Okay. Movie. Sorry. I was like, what? <laughs> it's just 300. The movie's 300. Yeah, oh, it's called it's the 300. I ain't seen that. Yeah. 300. Yes. Okay. Um, the 300. Um, artists, I'm easily bringing, I'm easily bringing Drake. Okay. All right. And then one, one thing. Like, what's your one thing? Let's mm-hmm. make it an electronic thing. Um, one thing, it gotta be some candy. I'm not gonna lie, I, I can't go without candy. Who went with candy instead of your cell phone? Sour Patch Kids okay. is, my, is my thing. All right, so what's your favorite candy then? And then I'm gonna let Chris Sour give Patch it. Kids. Which one? Sour Patch Kids. That's legit, I like that. Yeah. Well done, Caleb, well done. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I mean, those are, as always, Monica, I mean, I'm just, I laugh the whole time. Like, especially when you, when you go into your favorite food is chicken palm. I'm like, this kid eats chicken palm all the time. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you know, kind of piggybacking off that, though, I, I kind of heard you go through the quarterbacks. So without making a comparison and just saying, what quarterback do you see and you go, oh, that's when I grow up, I want to be like that guy over the past, you know, couple of years or even now. Who's the guy um, you emulate? I mean, I, before before Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and like, um, yeah, before the, those those are my like three guys: Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Those are my three guys uh, that I kind of look that I kind of like take the most from their game and try to try to just uh, put it in my game with my own little spice or something. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers was the guy before those two guys got in the league. Um, so he he's he's still the top he's still the number one guy for me because he just makes some some spectacular things that not many people see or can do. So yeah, A. A. Ron's my guy as well. Uh, now here's the thing about Patrick Mahomes, as you can see 
behind you, there's a lot of basketball stuff over here because full disclosure, I work for NBA TV. I'm a basketball guy. So I met Patrick Mahomes at All-Star Weekend this past year, okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, you remind me of him. Not on the football field. I'm not going to do that, Coach. I'm not going to make you angry with me and do a comparison. But when you sat down, I was like, hold on. this. Have you been told that before been, off the yeah. field? I've been told. I mean, have you met Pat Mahomes yet? I've not met him. I'm going to meet him. Okay, because I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be like looking in, in the yeah, mirror and talking to yourself. <laughs> I mean, it really is a crazy thing. Monica, do you see it? Like I, when <laughs> I totally see it. And um, the poise and the confidence as we're talking to you, like Patrick Mahomes could easily shy away from all that's going on in society, but he's made a statement. I thought what you had to say about your experience was eloquent, on point. Um, I definitely can see it. Thank you. And like Monica, Patrick Mahomes is a bucket getter. By the way, I don't know if you're aware of that as well. Okay, so I ask almost every athlete this typically if I get to talk to them in high school. For instance, I'm going to give you the best answer uh, to this question I ever got. So think about it for a second. I'm going to ask you, where do you see yourself in 10 years, right? Now, when I say this to you now, there's a guy named Malcolm Jenkins in the NFL. When I asked him this question in college, he told me that he wanted to be a philanthropist. He didn't say pro bowl. He didn't say, he said he wanted to affect change. Now I'm not going to put that on you, but I'm as you say, think about this. Hey, Caleb, if you want to say you're trying to win Super Bowls, you can say that. I there you say. go. But I'm just telling you, I've gotten a whole gamut from people, but I love this moment because in 10 years from now, if I'm talking to you on another show, I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to remind you of this. So in 10 years from now, where do you see yourself and what do you think, what do you see as your biggest accomplishments? I mean, obviously I love football um, and all of that. And I, I mean, I want to hopefully, you know, go to, go to college and then go to NFL when, when Super Bowls and things like that. But I kind of, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I really just like winning. Um, so whatever, whatever, it, whatever it comes down to, because um, you obviously don't know what you're going to be uh, 10 years from now, how, how, what like anything from 10 years from now um so i kind of i kind of just want to be winning um in life overall i don't it doesn't matter what it is it could be me working a me being a, a owner of some some large multi-million dollar business it can be me winning um, um super bowls and um holding holding my hands up and having the fat old rings on my hand and things like that but um, at the end of the day, just, just winning. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Um, getting into the weeds of your recruiting. I know uh, your decision is coming up soon. And I saw that LSU also, um, just signed another top 10 quarterback. I know they're, you know, a finalist on your list with Oklahoma and Maryland, just to bring that back into the fold. Does that affect your, your final decision, seeing that LSU has a quarterback that if you don't go there, they can kind of roll with him or, like, how, how do you feel about uh, seeing them lock up a quarterback before you've made your decision? No, nah, I'm. Uh, I, I came into Gonzaga with two juniors in front of me, so I'm not swag. Uh, in case you missed it, Chris, little swag. <laughs> <laughs> I came. I came into Gonzaga with two juniors in front of me, um, so I'm, I'm. I don't have a problem with competition. I actually like going to places where I'm, where I get a little competition. Um, or doing things where I get a little competition. Um, so competition makes it fun. Competition makes you better. 
Um, so that decision is is my decision. It's not it's not another person's decide for me. Um, at the end of the day, that's the that's my next three to four years. So, uh, nah. Coach, help us learn something more about Caleb in the sense of from the time you first met him, from the time you first saw him to where he is now. So, Chris, this is why we're co-hosts together, because I had the same question, Coach, <laughs> next. However, I'm going to challenge you, my educational brethren friend. You got to give me three words that encapsulate <laughs> how Caleb has grown since you met him to the time of now. You just got to give me three words. Mm. Well, um... He's good with words. Monica has stumped someone on this show every single time. Every time we've had someone, they go, oh, that's a tough question. Oh, I don't know how to answer that. And now we got Coach fully out of words. You got three. All right, we got to see the, those English degrees come, come to fruition here. Yeah, literature. Well, I mean, certainly the, the one that I used earlier uh, would, would have to be one of them, and that's versatility um, uh, in describing his skill set. So – you know, when you when you think of Caleb and I think of all the different players that I've been around, the different players that I've coached, certainly the different players that I've been able to uh, coach at the quarterback position, it's it's uh, you know that that's that work immediately comes to mind because uh, sometimes you as a as a play caller or a coach, really you 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 are limited to what your players can do. Uh, I mean, you can try to do certain things. Uh, that your players can't do, but you won't be winning very many games, right? So uh, it's it's nice to to know, man. We got a player that's that versatile that we can make these type of throws, those type of throws. Uh, we can do these type of runs. He's got this type of you know uh, uh, football acumen above the neck, uh, you know. So his versatility, I think, is is certainly one uh, piece. Um, I think. Uh, when I think of Caleb, his, his, you know, so we talked earlier about the, that, that game, that, that, whatever that game was that you guys were asking about. Uh, and, and I'd say his, his poise. All right. So when you think of, um, you know, another word to describe him, there's probably no better example of, of uh, poise under pressure than that particular instance right there. And uh, we've had many of those. The, 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 the neat thing is that uh, for Caleb, and you look at his career at Gonzaga, there, there's been uh, multiple games that fit under that, that type of category that were hard fought, close, could have gone either way. And something we didn't, you know, we don't win them all. Uh, but there have been a lot of instances where he's exhibited great poise. So we said versatility. All right, we said poise, but then there, there's a really strong sense of um, humility, all right? And when I say humility, um, it's very easy for someone that, that, is, um, that has that stage um, and has that many people sort of paying attention to you and, and um, you know, admiring you in different ways. It's very easy for someone to get out of whack, get out of balance. and um, and, uh, and that's something that you, you have to, in that situation, I would imagine always have to work on, but he, he definitely has a sense of humility that comes across very well with the people that he encounters. Sometimes people are pleasantly surprised uh, at his humility, you know, so it, it's, it's, uh, 
it's you know so you think oh man I've got to meet this guy Caleb Williams he's the you know the 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 famous quarterback at uh, Gonzaga and you know uh uh and he's probably going to be you know this uh standoffish mean you know too good to talk to me type of guy but that's that's really not uh that's not him you know so I think um I'd have to go versatility poise humility all right how, how about those those decent 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 words that uh that uh you know I think we would all like to be able to uh uh have as as labels uh for ourselves right sound like winning words to me winning words all right so final question before we get you out of here caleb um just when when you're factoring your final decision for college july 4th is a significant day in, in american history so it seems as if there should be some significance to to making your decision on that day is there is there something to that um I mean, it's not really like a like a, a really deep meaning. Uh, it's just normally the fireworks, my, duh. Fireworks, obviously, <laughs> but no. Nah, um, uh, so me, my uncle, and my my family, we always used to, or he used to always throw Fourth of July parties and things like that. Um, and Fourth of July was like one of my favorite, still is one of my favorite uh, favorite. Uh, shoot, my brain is holiday. Holidays, yes. <laughs> uh, favorite holidays to this point, and. I mean, I felt like, you know, that's, I uh, felt like, why not? Um, fireworks shooting up in the air. I'm about to commit. Um, You're going to put your university, like, in fireworks in the backyard? Like. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it might be a pretty cool thing to do. Um, but, no. Fire, or, or, or 4th of July was one of my favorite things, and, you know, I felt like, why not? It's, it's, it was party time. There you go. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I hope you make the best decision for you. Uh, you. you know, I hope – uh, as the number one quarterback recruit in the country, that you are a Heisman finalist, that you get one, that you get yourself a national championship, that you go pro, and that in 10 to 15 years from now, we're like, hey, Caleb, remember that time we talked to you and you achieved all of your goals, man. So uh, best wishes to you. Uh, thank you for stepping to the mic today. Caleb Williams, again, uh, making your decision on July 4th. You have LSU, Oklahoma, and Maryland all on the horizon as your final three schools. Uh, Coach Randy Travers, thank you again uh, from Gonzaga. Congrats on your you know, state championships, multiple, right, in your career. Uh, we appreciate you stepping to the mic as well. Monica, you know, we homies. You know how I feel about back, you. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, had to lead the country for a little bit, but we oh, back I now. It, though. I respect it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys for having us. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed our time with you.